Welcome to the Midlife Dating Without the Crisis podcast, helping both baby boomers and Gen Xers maintain their sanity and survive the online dating experience. If you're a single guy or gal who find himself back on the dating market, getting that second chance to an even better relationship, we've got your back. And now, from the 50 Dates at 50 Studios, helping to bring the fun back into dating, here's your host, Paul Nelson. Episode 15, The Counteroffer. As you become more immersed in online dating, you're going to notice a particular group of people that seem to be online just for attention. Our dating and relationship glossary term for this episode, electronic vanity validation, addresses this group of individuals. I'll be reviewing a book that is controversial in my experience in that when discussing it with most folks, it quickly divides them into two camps, those that firmly agree with it and those that don't. That book is The Proper Care and Feeding of Husbands by Dr. Laura Lessinger. Regardless of which camp you're in, there is no doubt that Dr. Laura understands men. Of course, that pertains to real men, or good guys as we call them here at the Midlife Dating Podcast. Dr. Laura is right on point when she explains what real men think about in regards to sex in a committed relationship. Guys, ever ask a gal out on a date and she rejects your offer because she's busy? This has happened to all of us at some point. But you think to yourself, are they really busy or are they honestly not interested? Gals, Have you ever declined a date offer with a man that you were interested in meeting because he already had other plans and he never called you back to ask you out again? In our potpourri segment, I'll be covering the counteroffer, which applies in both these situations, and why it's a critical communication point and a key tell if someone is honestly interested in meeting you in a dating situation. By the end of this episode, you'll know how to effectively understand how to use or not use the counteroffer. You'll be better able to identify those using online dating apps and websites for personal validation and entertainment. Also, how real men think and feel when it comes to being in a committed relationship. If you like what you hear, please take a moment and click on the subscribe or follow button. I don't want you missing out on making your date nights more memorable. So, now, 50 daters, let's start turning those dating busts into dating bests. How can you walk it if you don't talk it? Our glossary of today's dating terms explains the language. Electronic vanity validation. I heard this term initially on one of Demona Hoffman's Dates and Mates podcasts. So I'm giving full credit to her for this one. This is the act of seeking personal validation through social media and dating apps in the form of likes and right swipes instead of actually meeting in person or face-to-face. 50 daters, it's extremely important to remember that when you get on dating apps, half, at a minimum, half the people that you run into that you match up with are there for electronic vanity validation. It's all about collecting likes and right swipes. This is why we use the 3-1-1 rule 
to quickly eliminate those that are strictly there for electronic vanity validation. On our way now. Can't turn back. Took a lot of courage to get on this train. I wonder what will happen from now on. I wonder. A lot has happened in the last year. Our first year of marriage. <laughs> Gee, we got a good start. I remember coming home from a wonderful honeymoon. We were so fortunate. Our housing problem was taken care of. Pete's mother owned a two-family house. She was a widow and lived upstairs, and we were going to live downstairs. Pete had a good job, worked in the same plant as my dad. But dad didn't introduce us, though. We met at the church. <laughs> I still haven't forgiven daddy for not telling me about Pete. In our two years of courting and engagement, we had come to know a lot about each other. And we had learned to love each other in a way that stood the test of well, two years' time, anyway. And there we were, in our own place. A place that was to be our home. Today's special is a dating relationship book review with need-to-know dating takeaways. The book, The Proper Care and Feeding of Husbands, written by Dr. Laura Schlesinger, is our review for this episode. To many, she's a controversial figure. However, she has a lot of great common sense, relationship, and dating advice. She no doubt understands men very well, as you'll soon see. I was personally a fan of hers in the early 2000s. I used to listen to her on KFI, the Los Angeles affiliate here in California. This book is based on two primary principles. First, men are simple. And second, a good man is hard to find, but not hard to keep. Taken from years of experience from callers to her radio program, Dr. Laura puts forth basic guidelines to keeping a good man in a marriage or relationship. Though the focus is on keeping a marriage awesome, much also applies to other relationship levels. It is important to note that the philosophy in this book is rooted in the fact that the man in said relationship or marriage is a good guy with a grounded set of values. It won't fix or tame a bad boy. It might turn a nice guy into a good guy. However, provided the nice guy is willing to learn and grow. It also establishes that when it comes to relationships in the home, women rule. The book shows how women can rule lovingly and wisely. Specific ways of approaching their interactions with men yield magical and positive changes. Dr. Laura states, women need to understand that men in their relationship are very dependent upon them for acceptance, approval, and affection. Personally speaking, one thing that struck me about this book is the parallel to men turning into or becoming nice guys in a marriage or relationship. The women end up getting bored with the men because they change into the nice guy and are not the same guy doing the things that attracted them in the first place. The same happens to a guy in terms of how they see their woman when she stops being a girl and no longer emphasizes being the very feminine figure he was once so attracted to. 
The book highlights situations that women find themselves in during a typical marriage that can chase their man away. So what's the Midlife Dating Podcast take on this? This book captures everything women need to know about good men, emphasis on good men. It will not apply to narcissistic men. It also takes a very conservative approach for women on how to deal with men. It does not attempt to revise thousands of years of evolution. Further, it recognizes traditional gender roles and why each role is attractive to the other. Personally speaking, I have not read any book that comes even close to how men naturally think and approach things. If there is a woman that truly understands men, it's Dr. Laura. Now, the Midlife Dating Podcast view on why you need to read it. Men need to read this in order to understand the type of woman they are looking for. If you're a good guy, you'll attract a good woman. How good men and good women treat each other in a successful relationship is spelled out very plainly in this book. Women need to read this book to understand how a good man thinks and what makes him the masculine man whom women want. Feminists will probably not agree with many of the things in this book due to its traditional point of view, but it will help them understand men. Be aware, if you get the audible version of this book, you'll be missing a large part of the example situations from callers that add helpful context. Once you're aware of the points Dr. Laura makes, you'll begin to recognize some of them from a previous marriage or relationship that you've had. You'll also pick up on them in the relationships of others that you know. The book has several examples of each of these as I go through the chapters here. White Rabbit Syndrome is one of the first chapters, and this has to do with a woman not recognizing when their husbands are eager to have an intimate connection with them because they are too busy. Hurried Woman Syndrome is a term used by some in the medical industry. Symptoms include low sex drive, moodiness, fatigue, and sometimes weight gain, all due to the stress caused by attempting to do too much and not being able to keep up with all of it, and resenting anyone who has expectations, like the children or the husband, and the wife ends up feeling hostile and depressed as a result. Wife mode versus mother mode. This is when a wife turns into a mother in the presence of the kids, and she ends up being the husband's second mother and unconsciously abandoning, going back to being her husband's wife, woman, lover, or companion during the private moments between them. There's also a section on frump syndrome. This is what many women discovered they fell into, who called her program complaining they were no longer happy in their marriage. It could be identified by wearing flannel pajamas, socks, sweatpants, or oversized t-shirts to bed instead of something girly. Basically, not adorning or presenting themselves the way they did when they were trying to catch their now husband. It's all about balance. The world is only on my shoulders syndrome. This is when a wife has regularly been dealing with the kids all day and the husband is away at work. And when he comes home at the end of the day, she's tired because the kids have needed her all day and she begins to resent the husband because he begins to appear as someone else that needs something from her. Nagging. 
Dictionary.com defines it as persistently reoccurring or unrelenting fault-finding and complaining. Dr. Laura's chapter on nagging does a high-quality job of explaining how women can get their husbands to do the things they would like them to do in a relationship in a positive and complimentary manner that strengthens their bond as a couple without having to nag. Men have feelings? Really? You're kidding. This chapter deals with how men feel in their marriage, what makes them unhappy, and what can hurt their feelings. It demonstrates with examples of what leads men to winding up in affairs. In many cases, it boils down to getting their feelings trampled on somewhere in the relationship. And surprisingly, it generally isn't about their feelings regarding sex in the relationship. A man should be respected in his own home. This chapter goes into detail with great examples of how respect for your husband is demonstrated in a relationship. It's all about the little things. One of my favorite chapters is Why Women Regret Marrying Nice Guys. The basic concept behind this is it it puts the woman in control and eventually makes the men look weak. Chapter 6 on Sex I remember hearing a lot of feedback on Dr. Laura's show around this chapter. It emphasizes the importance of the intimate relationship. This is where a man feels closest to his woman. This does not apply again to bad boys, jerks, or narcissistic men. If a woman wants to know how real men feel about sex and intimacy, chapter 6 spells it all out. No stone is left unturned. And one of the last chapters is the chapter on guy time. This explains the fundamentals of why giving men time to do their things is so important to the marriage and relationship. Now, I've got some quotes from the book that I want to present here. And I have opinion on some of these quotes. And so what I'm going to do is my opinion will actually sound like a phone call right after the quote. So you can kind of tell the difference real quick between what Dr. Laura is saying and what my opinion is. So here we are, written for marriages. These are typical of how good men, good guys, and 50-dater men think. Quote number one, when a wife behaves sexily, handles herself alluringly, and by the way she looks at her husband, touches him, and talks to him, conveys her interest, love, respect, attraction, frankly, he'll go anywhere and do anything and slay all dragons for his family. This is 1,000% correct. Quote, obviously, one reason the fangs may come out quickly is that many women who have cycled through many intimate relationships, shack-ups, and marriages have developed a well of pain and disappointment. They don't want to be hurt again. They become hypersensitive and take quick leaps into misassumptions. These misassumptions reveal themselves very, very quickly in online dating. Quote, your basic male is a decent creature with simple desires. To be his wife's hero, to be his wife's dream lover, to be the protector and provider for his family, to be respected, admired, and appreciated. Men live to make their women happy. This is 1,000% correct. Quote, what attracts men to their women is their femininity, and femininity isn't about appearance, it's also about behaviors. This is 1,000% correct. Quote, 
Women expect their men to be understanding about them, not being in the mood for sex. But women need to reciprocate that understanding and not be critical when their husbands desire them. Likewise, they need to get it into their heads that their husbands are not just wanting some. They are desiring closeness with acceptance by them. This is so simple and so powerfully true. Again, this applies strictly to good men, not nice guys, jerks, or narcissists. Popery is a mixed bag of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Listener-driven dating experiences and Paul's own adventures in the dating arena. The counteroffer. I want to give full credit to a dating coach mentor of mine, Doc Love, who is no longer with us, for helping men understand what the counteroffer is and how it applies to a dating relationship. Doc also pointed out on many occasions that the counteroffer applies in other situations in life. Once you're aware of the counteroffer, you'll begin to recognize it in many situations, and you'll know immediately if someone is interested in pursuing friendships and business deals, and if they're serious about following through. In many aspects, the lack of a counteroffer is a simple form of someone saying to you, don't call us, we'll call you. I've saved countless hours of time by not pursuing the uninterested using what I've learned regarding the counteroffer. From the gal's side, the counteroffer is generally a prerogative or choice a woman uses to signal that she has strong interest in meeting up with a man or is not interested in meeting in a dating relationship. The counteroffer can take place any time between the moment a man asks her out for a date and she has to decline due to other plans or if she has to cancel at some later point before the date. In a counteroffer response, she lets the man know what other days or times she is available to meet him. This indicates the decline or cancellation that she gave him was genuine and demonstrates she is genuinely interested in meeting with him. Lack of a counteroffer or not giving a guy asking her out other days she's available almost always means she's not interested. Or it could also mean a current dating relationship is on the way out. A man can also use the counteroffer, but in most cases, here at the Midlife Dating Podcast, the man is asking the woman out. So this can go both ways because there are many times further into a dating relationship where the woman wants to take the guy out on a date to show how much she appreciates him. And he may have to decline for some reason. Once you learn to recognize the lack of a counteroffer, you'll immediately know not to waste your time any further in the interaction. Let me give you an example. So a guy asks a gal out, and the gal says, Due to a co-worker's absence at work, I have to stay later, and I'm unable to meet you. Sorry about the last-minute notice. That statement, as it is, signals a broken date or lack of interest. Doc Love referred to cancellations as broken dates. However, if a counteroffer is added to that same message, an example would be this. Due to a co-worker's absence at work, I have to stay later and I'm unable to meet you. Sorry about the last-minute notice. I am available to meet, though, on Wednesday or Thursday evening. 
Now, that last little statement, I'm available to meet Wednesday or Thursday evening, indicates that she is interested. Any cancellation a man receives without a counteroffer, in most cases, signals she is not interested in going out with him. Or she lacks social awareness, which is possible, but not likely. Now, unfortunately, most Boomer and some Gen X men will follow through on the three-strike rule and attempt to ask the woman out a couple more times. But 50-dater men know better. They politely move on. That's how online dating primarily works. You get one strike. Now, I didn't make this up, but it is how it is. Now for the gals. If you don't respond with a counteroffer and are interested in seeing him, you probably won't hear from him again, especially if he has a good level of dating and relationship awareness. Now, I want to speak to the guys again here for a moment. Guys, what do you do if there is no counteroffer and you're asking a gal out? It's simple. Politely move on and leave it in their hands. And when you move on, you always handle this with class. If you get turned down, I recommend saying something like, no problem. When your schedule opens up, let me know when you're available and I'll set something up for us. Then drop it and leave it at that. Do not expect a callback. However, occasionally, when you demonstrate class and you leave the door open, you may be pleasantly surprised with an occasional callback, but don't expect it. As I mentioned earlier, you can try asking her out again. However, if you're playing by the three-strike rule, you're just wasting your time. Don't believe me? Guys, I'd highly recommend all guys try and work through the old three-strike rule to ask her out three times as an exercise. When you continue to try and ask out a few more times, don't expect her to pick up the phone or return your calls or your texts. This way, you can witness for yourself why it's best to just drop things and move on. I applied the three-strike rule for quite a while before reality finally sunk in that it was a waste of time. One thing to be aware of is before online dating, that would be in the 1990s and earlier, you generally met most people through social circles. And in those circles, there was pressure for both the guys and the gals to follow through. Therefore, the three-strike rule could be applied with a higher potential return. But that's just not the way it is today. Now for the gals, if you're generally interested, you need to demonstrate that with a counteroffer if you can't make the date. Now, if you're a rules girl, trying to show interest by not showing interest does not work in online dating. What is a rules girl? It's a gal who uses the methods described in the book, All the Rules, written back in the 90s on how to attract a good man. But several teachings in this book will not apply or work in an online dating situation. For example, this book advocates not returning men's calls at first or only returning one out of every three or four calls. However, you can't get away with that in an online dating situation. In the 90s and earlier, you could get away with that. When it comes to online dating, you have to respond because of all the other available choices who will respond to him. But with online dating, playing hard to get by not responding or answering will shut everything down. I'll have a review on all the rules in a future upcoming episode. 
What did we learn today, 50 Daters? How to better recognize those who use online dating apps and websites for personal validation and entertainment. Learning this minimizes our valuable time interacting with them because they, most of them don't really have any type of dating plan. And if there's no dating plan, that just means endless chit-chat because they're bored. For the gals, Dr. Laura's book gives women an honest look into the way a quality man thinks about relationships, which is why it's essential to find a good guy and build on that. For the guys, this book validates how simple we really are and what our mindset is in approaching a committed relationship. The counteroffer, or lack of it, is one of the biggest tells in how interested someone is in testing the waters for a potential dating relationship with you. Here at the Midlife Dating Podcast, we're all about providing as much value as possible for our listeners. If you've got some dating questions, I'd be happy to answer them on the podcast. The email address will be in the show notes for that. Let me close this out with some dating humor. A quote from Albert Einstein, and he said, You can't blame gravity for falling in love. As always, these episodes, they are a blast to create, and I look forward to being with you in the next one. Take your dating experience from a bust to a best, and that's a really good place to be. Thanks for listening to this episode of Midlife Dating Without the Crisis. Eager for more dating support? Visit 50dates at 50.com for lots of free quality content. Get access to dating and relationship commentary, advice, Q&A, funny story, movie and book reviews, along with other resources to help 50 daters sort out the pretenders and find quality dating and relationship-minded people. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.